0: happen in this house. You know, that ain't going to happen in this house. That can happen in your life, right? In fact, how many people sense something shifting in your circumstance as we worship this morning? Can you raise the hands? I sense that. You know, I, I want to bring... There's Yeah, we can clap. Absolutely. There's things that were broken in the spirit this morning as we went and worshiped. And I, I love... I don't know what that little glitch was, but it, it, it's just a blurb. In fact, you guys really came in that second time around. You know, because uh, it's true. What the enemy is intended for evil, God will turn for good. Good. You ready for some good stuff this morning? Yeah. 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 I'm ready to bring it. How about you? Yeah. I'm excited to be with a worship set like that, a worship team like that. Do we appreciate our worship teams, boy? All of them. Sound men. I mean, this morning David was on a ladder. I was holding it. I said, "You can't do this." He goes, "Well, yes, I can." And, uh, but what it takes to, to go through this morning. Well, I have a chance to, yeah, to share the gospel with you this morning, to open the word with you this morning. And I'm excited about it. Um, we, um, yeah, we had a great, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, right? Thank you. Thank you. We all had a good one. I can tell you're seeing more chippier this morning, you know, and made a little bit more rested because we did. We had a great Thanksgiving. Um, my message this morning is ca- titled, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And when I knew I had this date after Thanksgiving, heading right into our next season, um, boy, I love this time of the year um, as we celebrate Thanksgiving. And, but unfortunately, if you notice, you know, we celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then there used to be this thing called black, but it doesn't start on Friday anymore, right? I mean, you know, we, we have a time where we thank God for all of his mercies, all of his compassion, his love for his provision. And then we do that for a couple hours, and immediately it's all about finding the next great deal, right? All our focus and energies is on um, what is to be called Black Friday. And I guess in a couple of states, it's considered a national holiday. Am I right? Is that true? I guess it's California and New York. We, we are celebrating it, and it's on the calendar. That, so happy Black Friday. You know, I guess that doesn't sound right. It really, really doesn't. And I have a lot of history of Black Friday, especially with my wife and her sister's. Um, because, um, you guys are chuckling, many of you may know, but this was before, this is when Black Friday was on Black Friday. You know, remember the days where the stores would open at midnight, but now they open at, yeah, Thanksgiving. And then, so they said, no, 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 that's enough's enough. But I do have a story for you. It was a Black Friday and they were going out shopping and they waited in line for the best deals, you know, to be good stewards of the funds that God has given them. And so they're in line and I'm, you know, I'm asleep, you know, and for some reason at one o'clock in the morning, I woke up, I want to check in on them. So I just turned on the news because I know many of you tune in to the Black Friday, like chaos, right? You want to see all the fights, you know, they should call it fight night, you know, um, and all the chaos. And, and the truth is, they say that term Black Friday, they said it came from the, the 60s. I guess. I mean, there's several understandings of where Black Friday came from. And um, it was to kind of describe all the chaos. In fact, some of the news channels would call it Black Eye Friday, right? Because they're, they're going at it. Well, sure enough, there's this one night, 1 o'clock in the morning. I turn on the news to kind of tune in to see what's going on out there in the world. And sure enough, it was all the news channels were focusing on this particular Walmart. And I know it was local Walmart because there was, you know, chaos. There was a fight. And um, so I'm concerned because I knew the girls were probably at that Walmart or they had their plan. And so I call her and I go, sweetheart, is everything okay? I mean, I'm, I'm watching the news. They're just She goes, I know. She goes, I'm praying with the ladies right now. And my mom, they're holding the babies. I go, what in the world's going on? And um, so for them, you know, they, they started a ministry of first responders, the Black Friday, you know, and, and it's a true story, true story. And they're out there ministering to people, but needless to say, enough was enough. Uh, of that Black Friday shopping. But it is true, you know, our thankful hearts are quickly turned and to be conditioned of saying that, you know, what is the purpose of Black Friday? Or now we have Cyber Monday. And I guess Saturday was... You guys know it. You guys come up here and... got Someone come give me the history, right? It is true. And, and I found out that Thanksgiving was originally supposed to be November 30th. But Franklin Roosevelt moved it you guys are all history people. You guys know your stuff. And they moved it to November 23rd because of the pressure from the retail industry. They said that we need, we need more time. We got to condition their minds that they need more stuff. And their lives are not going to be fulfilled. And it is true. Our world is conditioning us this way. You know, if we only had a little bit more money, if I only had that one thing, my life would be so much easier. You know, if I can be vacationing there, if I can have that car, if my car even worked on Thanksgiving morning, that would be glorious. You know, there's so many things that we think that we need, you know, or things that, you know, want to satisfy. And, and quickly, are, I think it's interesting during this time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. But boy, if you, call, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Amen? Because you have a different perspective on what is true. You know, the people with all the wealth, all the gadgets, it's the news channels will show us, the celebrities, Um, many of them have the most stuff. They also have the highest rate of, you know, depression, anxieties, you know, violence. Um, There's so much brokenness and it doesn't doesn't satisfy, you know, because for us as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, everything we need, we already have in him. And so we do, we get together and we sing and we celebrate, you know. Um, there, there's something that is powerful because the, the story of Christmas, you know, that Jesus coming as a baby, it really happened. You know, Jesus did come. He came to die on that cross and he conquered the grave. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He came to redeem us, he came us to set us apart. He came to bring all of heaven to earth, and we're going to talk about that today. And there's a special commissioning that takes place, and, and when Jesus did come, you know, I'm reminded of uh, the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah says this. He, in fact, his only prayer in the whole book of the prophet Isaiah, he says, oh, God, that you would come, that you would make your presence known. He did come. He did come. And even the, the beautiful thing about that word from the prophet Isaiah, he's not only speaking of his first coming, but he's ultimately speaking of him coming again, that God would come again to establish his kingdom here on the earth. You know, but there's something that took t- took place, that's taking place, that I believe that God wants to manifest in us an understanding of why this is the most wonderful time of the year. And I want to kick off our getting our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter three. Matthew chapter three. If you can go there with me, and I want to look at, um, really, it's kind of like a, I guess a commissioning. Um, you know, because I mean, it is true. I love, I love attending. I love, the, I love. There's all kinds of reasons why I love this being the most wonderful time of the year. One of the reasons is, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, you know. And I love that during the, I love all the Christmas parties. You know, I have a big family. I have two big families. And I have like two or three Thanksgiving meals. And I'm grateful for that. You know, and I, I pack it in. Can you tell? You know, I, I pack it in. And I get as many of the tamales I can get. I get as many as the, you know, whatever pasta I can get, whatever Christmas cookie, all the eggnog, I'll drink it and eat it all. And what I love about this time of the year is I have no guilt. You know, I'm doing my duty. You know, this is, you know, and I, I mean, who's with me on that one, right? You know, yeah, January, we'll deal with it in January. You know, now is the time to celebrate. You know, so here we, I guess, okay, on tangents. Pastor Joe, stay on talk. I'm to track. Ver, verse 13, chapter 3. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And he tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. This is John the Baptist who is um, baptizing people, and, G- and Jesus comes down and he goes, Hold on, I know who that is. He knows that this is the one who has been prophesied. And he goes, I have no business baptizing you. Why is that? Why, why can't Jesus be baptized? Well, he knew that this was God. He had no sin. He had no, you know, baptism, it's an outward sign of an inward work. It's a baptism of repentance. We have the, ba- the baptism of water, which is a symbolizing, and if you haven't been baptized, it's, it's just the first thing you do is to be baptized. It's you going down that water. You're, you're identifying with Jesus' death, burial, but you're coming out, Knowing that the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. We're going to talk about that this morning as well. Well, Jesus had no sin. So why would he be baptized? I'm not baptizing you. But Jesus says he allowed him. He allowed him. He goes, permit it to be so. Well, why? Well, Jesus considers himself the righteousness of him. You see, Jesus lived a life that we, that we couldn't live. He is our righteousness. And so him having no sin, was crucified. So he allowed it for us to be an example for us, that we too are identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Maybe you've never understood that. Maybe for the very, very first time you're coming into alignment with that, that Jesus did come to die on that cross for my sin. And you, you, you're ready to go public with that. That's what baptism is. It doesn't save you, but it's an outward sign of what God has done in your heart. And that can happen this morning. And in fact, the Bible says in verse 16, when he had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water, and here it is, behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says the heavens were opened to him. Can I tell you, those heavens that were opened in, when you accept Jesus into your heart, the Spirit of God, like the dove, that's the symbol of the Holy Spirit, it comes into you. And those same heavens are open to you this morning. God wants to bring a new heaven, opening access to you. Like that word, open heaven, it's also translated as parting, and you'll see it through Scripture. you see it in Mark's translation. you see it when um, Jesus describes... When Jesus had died, you can read about that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. It says when Jesus had died, obviously the prophet Isaiah says that he would rend the heavens. And so he envisioned this this curtain. You know, there's this curtain and it really kind of describes the holies of holies that in the old covenant, you know, that God was revealing himself to the people, but he revealed himself to the people through the prophets. And we had the law, and he required, there's a sacrifice for the atonement of sin. And once a year, God would be a part of the holies of holies, and the high priest would enter into the holies of holies, and they would sacrifice the blood of the goats, the lamb, and they would atone for our sins. Once a year, they they would do that. And it's where God's presence was felt, and no one had access to the Father, only the high priest. But when Jesus had died, the Bible says the same word, that the veil was torn from top to bottom. It's the same word that was used in, in the rocks around Jerusalem. They parted, they were split open. And so the Bible says that, that same power that rose Christ from the dead lives where? In us. In us. We live in an open heaven. All of heaven. In fact, Jesus says when you pray, He goes, when you pray, he told us because two things we're responsible to do as believers. First, we are to pray and stay on the stage. And the second thing we are to do, right, is to preach the gospel, to go, right, to make disciples, being a demonstration of his power and his authority. Wherever we go, we bring heaven with us. In fact, I was tempted to call this message, let's give him heaven this morning. And if you hang out with me for a while, with any of my ministry teams, that's kind of our war cry before we go into a service. You know, in fact, many of you who know me, they say, okay, let's give him heaven and charge, yeah, you know. But it's true. That's why this is the most wonderful time of the year because he did come and he brought all of heaven with him and he made a way, he revealed himself, his truth, his power. But yet, we know this is true. All of heaven is available to us. Yet, we don't live a life That is filled with victory. That is, we don't have that kind of divide and conquer, ruling and reigning with Christ. Yet we have this uh, understanding that, boy, Jesus is not enough. The cares of this world hinder us from walking the full intent of what God has called us to be. But I'm prayers that our perspective changes this morning. That we can truly be a people who fully understand and comprehend. That was the apostle. That's the prayer for him. God, I pray that they would know. That they would know who I am and who they are in Christ. And my prayer for you is that you would know. Can we pray right now? Father, I pray. Even in this moment. Because many of us, we we, we, we wrestle with this truth. In fact, we're praying for things that we already have. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for identity. There hasn't been such a joy. There's a sadness in your heart. You lack understanding. You lack wisdom. You want to give up. You don't feel victory. You don't sense God moving in your life. But, Lord, we know that is not the case. Lord, we know that you did come, that the heavens are open, and that we are seated with you. So I pray, God, as we go further as we go into the word that you remind us what is true, that you have called us to be a testimony of your greatness, of your power, and your love, and that there's nothing we need, Jesus, because we have you. Are you in agreement? Yes. Amen. Are you ready for that? Yes. All right, let's get, let's, let's get in here. The first thing, here we go, number, point number one, I got four points for you about what it takes um, about um, and, and why this is the best time of the year and the first one is is simple the first one I have here is because because of this time of the year we can have confidence that God hears and answers my prayers God hears and answers my prayer did God answer the prayer from the prophet Isaiah that's a question did he? You got to participate with me. You got you to you you help me this morning. You got to help me this morning. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He came. He did come. He did come. And because of that, all of our lives are different. You know, the truth is this. There's really a discipline. And many of us, we need to grab a hold of the spiritual discipline. Because there's really a joy in the routine of prayer versus the answer to prayer. You follow me? Many of us, we find joy in the answer to prayer. And I love when God answers our prayers. You know, when I mean the physical answer. But yet there's a promise and there's a security in how God wants us to live that there is a joy in just the routine of prayer. In the Psalms, it says this. No good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly with him. The Bible says, ask and you shall. <laughs> so, really, said so God, when you, when, you, when you come to God in that confidence, in understanding the truth of who Jesus is, God's already done it. God's doing something, He's working it out for my good. And I can rejoice, I can sing. You know, as Christians, we all have certain disciplines. Some of us are more disciplined than others, that we don't allow the thoughts. You know, the Bible talks about that we have the mind of what? Christ. Some of us, we kind of tell our, our soul has to tell our mind who's boss, right? That's why it says in Romans 12.1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, that we need to transform the way we what? Think. Many of us, our thoughts are betraying us. And we're not, and for, for many people, this is not the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, but it is. Oh, but it is. But the enemy he wants to come in and, and, and do something that, that we, we carry what, what is known, you know, our passion inside of us. You know, Romans 8 says that. We've been talking about that. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives where? inside of you. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives inside of you. So that means that when God put his spirit within us and all these thoughts that come after us that want to betray us, God expects us that when we when that takes place as a follower of Jesus Christ, when the God's spirit is alive and well in us, we are going to be facing battles. There's going to be hindrances that want to you to to doubt that you are living a victorious life. And when God put his spirit in you, he expects you to go out and conquer something. He expects a battle. There's going to be a wrestling. But at the same time, he knows that there's victory in Jesus Christ, and you will win. You know, one of the biggest battles we faced as a family during this time of the year that I reminded of Thanksgiving and Christmas, many of you know that um, a few years ago, um, Pastor Rick had GBS, Guillain Barre syndrome. And what happened was he was paralyzed all from the neck down, couldn't move, nothing. In fact, to be honest, the doctors didn't give a very, very, very favorable report. Most people do not recover. And we remember being in the hospital, and many of the church, all of you, many of you went to prayer, you know, believing for God for a miracle. And um, I remember sitting in the, in the hospital with Pastor Rick, and we were talking, and we happened to be during the time of planning services for, you know, for Thanksgiving and for, and, and for uh, uh, Christmas services. And here he is, paralyzed. What are we going to do? And what's going to happen moving forward if he doesn't recover? i got to be honest with you. Pastor Rick entertained that thought for about two seconds. He wouldn't receive it. God's going to heal me. And I was, we were in agreement. Amen. God's gonna, and you can see, I can even see the, the, this truth. You know, God calls us to, to, to heal the sick. And um, this past Thanksgiving, it was a very special one for us. Because as you know, Pastor Riggs up here teaching alive and well. He's kind of going fine. But many of his motor skills, they're slowly coming back. God did an incredible miracle. Many of you may not even know the story. But for me, walking this with him, boy, seeing the the miracle. Because all of us have things that we are challenged in life. For you, it may be health. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be relational. But all of us are facing things that it appears as if it's all going to crumble. That there is no victory. or look, the, the future doesn't look bright. It doesn't look good. But I was so blessed this past Thanksgiving because, um, you know, like I said, I go have like three or four Thanksgiving meals on, Christmas, on, on Thanksgiving. And I still eat breakfast too, by the way. <laughs> I don't skip breakfast. I still eat breakfast. And... And the first house we go to is is to um, Pastor Rick's house. And so we're we're there. And sure enough, Pastor Rick was up at 5 in the morning in the rain, smoking a turkey. (laughs) Most unbelievable turkey I've ever had. Smoked turkey. But what's so beautiful for me this past Thanksgiving is usually I get a chance. I'm the one who gets to carve the turkey. It's kind of a fun tradition we have. Especially with Pastor Rick not being able to carve the turkey for the last few years. But we had two turkeys. And I'm carving one, and someone needed to curve the, carve the other turkey. So who, step, who steps up to the plate to carve the turkey? Pastor Rick is carving away all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah, we can clap about that one because <laughs> you got turkeys to carve in your future, you know? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, there's a turkey to be carved, right? There's a turkey to be carved. Yeah, it is so True. You see, we need to be constant in alignment to what is true because you'll hear more and more, especially in churches and pastors and, and life throws you circumstances. You go, you know, things just happened. There's nothing you can do. You know, if I'm wrestling with a certain thought, so many people are wrestling with their identity. People don't know what is true. You know, things happen, things happen. We can't explain everything. No, there is something you can do. Let faith arise with you this morning. That God's not done with you yet. You know, because the next opportunity we have is number two is an opportunity to declare the truth. You know, one of the reasons why I believe that this is one of the best times of, of the season is I I thoroughly love all the decorations that go up during Christmas time. And I don't mind if they go up in October. I say it's great. In fact, they just decorated yesterday. Are we grateful for our team that came out? The trees go up, the lights go up. You know, everybody I just love driving around. I sing all the lights and I love I love going to all the department stores and I'm hearing the gospel. Don't you love that? You know, you hear the Christmas carols being sung and what I I love all that. But we sometimes we'll drive in the car and go through different neighborhoods and see all the crazy decorations and the creativity of certain homes. But I think a lot of us get really excited when you're driving by home, and what do you see? You see that nativity scene. And there's like a yes. Right? Or there's some Christmas carols or there's a scripture that's being posted. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. In fact, Pastor Rick had this giant banner. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's right. You know, because why? Because this is the time of the year that we declare what is true. That Jesus really did come. He really did come to save us from our sins. And that we have a hope, you know, because we're all tempted to believe that hall of heaven is not available to us. Because our biggest battle we face, I believe as, as, as believers, is not the physical one, it's the one between our ears, right? Yes. That's the biggest battle, especially for some of us that have been wrestling with so much hardship this past year. Because the truth is, <laughs> we're, heaven, this, heaven is our home, right? There's an eternal, eternal perspective of, of what is happening in our lives, but many of us, we get more impressed with the size of our problem versus being more impressed with the size of our God. And for many of you, the breakthrough is going to happen for your life when you come to a place where are saying, you know what, my God is bigger. My God is bigger. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, that means that somebody has no authority, right? That means someone has no authority. Satan doesn't have authority of what God has opened. When you read the book of Revelation, the Bible says that what God has opened, nobody's going to shut. And what God has shut, nobody nobody, nobody can open. There's a power, there's an understanding. You know, we can always pray, God, I want more. You know, God, come. But why not pray, Lord, help me to live in a different perspective of praying and understanding that I live in an open heaven? Lord, help me to live my life now with an understanding of what is true. You know, when you look at the book of um, all the heroes. Of the faith, you know, meaning I already possess. You know, we look at the like Noah, Abraham. he turn to Hebrews eleven. It's the great like hall him the Hall of Fame of our of our fathers of the faith. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, one, it says they lived their lives, and they saw it from afar. Right there was an evidence of things not seen, but they lived their lives as if they already attained it. Church, am I preaching truth? Truth this morning? Yes. It is true, whether you believe it or not. That God works all things out for the good. And the Bible says that the great, they said they had a good testimony. What was their good testimony? Is it because they lived their lives as they already have attained the promise, even though some of them may not have attained it? Don't you want that kind of testimony? Don't you want that kind of conviction? You know, we could... um, I'm I'm not, not talking about works. I'm not talking about miracles. What I'm talking about is that we could have this relationship with God. That we can walk with Him. And have a different perspective. I think God wants to give us a different perspective of our circumstances. He wants to change the way we think. I love this time of the year when the snow... All the mountains, like over the weekend... Everything got transformed, even Palmdale, right? The desert is a winter wonderland, (laughs) right? Your desert can be a winter wonderland. And some of you, the, the season is changing. The season is changing. You know, we can walk out of here with, you know, anxieties and fears and worries and cynical and apathy. and Nothing good ever comes out of that. Or we could leave this place with the proper perspective that this is truly the most wonderful time of the year. Because God is doing a good work. We could walk out of here with faith and with hope. And the kind of hope that's described in the Bible. You know, the Bible says, no good, you know, when I buy my, my kids a gift, I love buying presents too. Don't you love buying presents? It's truly, is it, better to, it is truly better to give than to receive. You know, as you, especially with those little ones. And I want to buy someone that, I want to buy a gift for someone that they want. I don't want to get someone something they don't want. And so my kids, you know, they get excited about Christmas, you know, because they know that there's a, they hope they get something for Christmas. But they know they're going to get a lot of stuff for Christmas. They know they're going to probably get over the top amount of stuff for Christmas. And as a dad, it's, it's super challenging, I think, as a parent, that they don't get, they don't be pursuing this stuff because the greatest gift I can give them is knowing that the reason why we give gifts is because Jesus has already given us the greatest gift of all. I'm sorry, I can't top it, kids. You know, and, and that they would they would know that God loves them and they have a security in that. But it's a challenge, it's hard, isn't it? You know, the Bible says that what what kind of father, you know, doesn't want to lavish his kids, but how much more that God wants to give the gift of his Holy Spirit? But we are all challenged. Because the truth is only Jesus can satisfy your, your thirst, right? The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So what's your appetite about? You know, do you walk in the blessings of God? Or do you always walk with thirsting for the things of this world that can never satisfy? There's a familiar story about the woman at the well. You know, where Jesus is coming to the Samaritan woman that has fallen on hard times. She tried to find her identity in many relationships. She was like on her, you know, she had four husbands, and the the man she was living with, it wasn't even her husband. And Jesus came into her situation. They're there at Jacob's well, and you're familiar with the story. Jesus says, give me some water. And she goes, you have nothing to draw water from. And he goes, if you knew the water that I want to give you, you wouldn't ask that question, because the water I want to give you, you will never thirst again. But have you, you know, the water I give you will give you eternal life. And she goes, How can I get that water? I want that water. You know, all of us have things that will satisfy our thirst or satisfy our hunger. What are you hungry for today? What are you thirsty for today? You know, Pastor Scott, before we, we, we went into the service today, he prayed this prayer over me. Because this is. This is is a good word for us. And he goes, But I pray that it would be received. I pray they would fall on good ears. The Bible talks about good soil. Are you receiving this word this morning? Are you receiving it? Because I don't know about you, when I'm thirsty, there's two things I desire a glass of water, and to be honest, a Diet Coke. Okay, when I when I when I when I when I, if I really want to when I want, my, want to be satisfied, you know, I go to the diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> but how many know that soda does absolutely nothing for your thirst? In fact, it does the opposite. The more soda you drink, the more thirsty you are. In fact, they can clear out hospitals of people who stop drinking diet coke. Just being real, want to show a video on it? I'm no, just kidding. You already know about it, right? Uh, yeah. But yet, I have a choice. I have a choice. What will you feast on? And so do we. we. The Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. But yet, we continually go to anxiety, to fears, to worries. Need more things. The accumulation of things that will never, never satisfy And how do you do that? Well, you just got the, it's all available to us, guys, right? His love, his joy, his peace, his patience. What's your morning routine? You know, are, are, you, are you logging in every morning? You know, many of us have the internet, right? You can't function without it. It's, it's controlling us. But boy, the internet has the whole world available to you. Sometimes I want a good Wi-Fi, you know, if I want to study and have my other, you know, if it's not a Diet Coke, it's of course a cup of coffee, but that's righteous. That's glorious, yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's okay. Unfortunately, I can only have one cup of coffee. I'm already done now. But when I go into a Starbucks and I want, I want to have access to the Wi-Fi, I know it's there. All I got to do is log in, right? And then it asks you the question, do you accept these terms? And I accept the terms, and all of a sudden, my screen or my phone, the whole world's available to me. All right, we're on. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm surfing away. It's true. This morning, you get to log in, and all of heaven is available to you. Amen? Amen. But you got to accept the terms. You got to say yes. You got to say yes. Because what I also love about this season, during this time of the year, you get to rest in his presence. Amen? And that's the third point, is that it's a, this time of the year, it's a time, it's a time to rest. And um, as busy as this time of the year, as many of you, this is the most busiest time of your year. And a certain busy is kind of fun. You know, like driving all over the freeways, you know, watching football, you know, getting every single game in as you can. But the book of Ephesians is an example for us. And I want to challenge you. It's a great book to read if you really want to discover why this is the most wonderful time of the year because in the book of ephesians it makes us sit and to learn our position in christ and then in the bright perspective of this position it encourages us to live a life and live a life that is consistent with us cuz i believe many of us were coming this morning we don't live at, under an open heaven we know this is true but it's one thing about knowing something. It's another thing about living it, right? I do that with children's ministries, right? We, 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 memorize scripture. I want our kids to know the word, but the ultimate goal is not only they would know the scriptures, but that they would live it out. And that's my heart for us this morning. And I would challenge you to read through the book of Ephesians. And I want to give you a recommendation of a little booklet by Watchman Knee. To go along with the reading of of the book of Ephesians, he wrote this little book called Sit, Stand, and Walk, where you know your position, you're standing with the Lord, you're walking out your life in Christ. And in his little booklet, he talks about how Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. It opens with a statement that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It says that we are invited at the outset to sit down and enjoy what God has done for us. Not to set out and try to attain it for ourselves. So many of us are trying to do. We're trying to attain something. We're trying to come get something. But yet God has already given it to us. Amen? Amen. We need to learn how to rest in his presence. We learn to learn, and that's the last point. We learn to learn. That's why this time is a time to rejoice. It's a time to sing, because everything I have, everything I need, I have in him. You know, now is the time of the season when all the Christmas movies come on, the ones you've watched a hundred times, but you're going to watch them again. You know, one of the new favorite classics is from the movie Elf, right? You know, everybody loves Buddy the Elf. Any Buddy the Elf fans, right? Okay, all right. That's good to hear because he says that, man, Christmas time, and here's a, here's a quote from Buddy the Elf. He talks about it. He says, the best way to spend Christmas cheer, say it with me. Okay, half of you like Buddy the Elf. <laughs> you know, the other time, you know, you might have another classic, you know. And I, how many, I love it that you walk in every single stores and the songs are playing, the Christmas songs. I, I, I love it. I love this time of the year that, man, especially the ones that are declaring what Christmas is truly all about. Now, my daughter, she loves Christmas so much, she listens to it all year long. Okay, notice I like Christmas songs at this time of the year. You know, but she's 24-7, you know, and now I say, let her playlist go, and she has the best, and she just loves Christmas music, and she sings all of it. I love all the Christmas music. I even love it when my wife, she go around the house, and she'll sing that Mariah Carey song. <laughs> Sweetheart, you keep singing that, you know? and Have you ever heard of it? She says, all I want for Christmas is you. That's right, baby. You got me. You got me. That's all you need, you know? But I know it's not, nah, I know it doesn't go that far, but... Uh, but, but, I, but I love it. I love it because uh, the goal is not that we would just know the truth, right? It's that we would live it out. In fact, that's why this is the best time of the year, and that's the goal for God for all of you. And he says this in John 15. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. And I know so many of us, we can identify with the narrative of the Christmas story. You know, because we all can identify with that baby Jesus. You know, this morning I was reviewing my notes and that, talking about Christmas songs. One of my other favorite Christmas songs is a little drummer boy, you know. And I know it's my mom's favorite Christmas song. And and you know that, you know, a lot of (laughs) drummer boy fans, right? Look at that. I mean, everyone's, everyone's on board with me. And, we, and the little drummer boy is coming to baby Jesus. You know, baby Jesus, ba bum 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 And he says, I am a poor boy, what, too. And all of us have different levels of poverty in this room. Whether it be the way you were raised. It could be a poverty experience you're experiencing right now. Whatever brokenness. And this little drummer boy comes with nothing, has nothing. And we can all identify with that in some form or fashion. And he goes, what am I going to give? And you see the scene, you know, the nativity scene of this God coming born, not in royalty, but in the most darkest, heaviest, persecuted situation. Coming from the line of a prostitute, destined to die, yet live the life so glorious and saves the world. And if God can come in those terms, God can save a wretch like me. And then he talks about how the ox and the lambs, then it becomes like a Disney story, right? And then all of a sudden the lambs are singing and ba-ra-ba-bum-bum and... That's your story. That's your story. God has come to redeem you. There's no circumstance that God can't restore and rebuild. God has come down. Heaven, heaven has come down, and God is coming again. You know, Pastor Paul talked about that revival, that awakening that is happening in our culture. And I know that God is up to Something. Especially when I've been, you know, I, I'm excited about, you know, one thing about this Christmas season, I'm very excited about the new Star Wars movie. I'm just going to be honest with you. Right? The big blockbuster movie. And um, my kids, you know, they, Disney has come out with the new Disney app, the Disney Plus. And on it, I love the new series. I mean, how many people have seen The Mandalorian? Okay? Very few. Okay? Okay, spoiler alert, right? But I'm watching this, this, this Mandal- Disney has this new, new series. And you know, it's kind of typical Star Wars fashion, typical Hollywood fashion, right? This is the world. And they're writing the stories, millions of dollars, the culture is crying out for this stuff. But if you don't you, have to know about the Mandalorian ser- series, all you know about the Mandalorian is this baby Yoda. The cute little baby Yoda. This little baby that has some kind of influence on all the galaxy. Where do they get that idea? And as I'm watching this film, you know, or this series, this TV show, you know, there's this is Mandalorian who's living in, in, in a culture where a both empire, all the world is ending, right? And he, it's just him against the world. Do you ever feel that way? It's me against the world. And every time this guy wants to quit, there's a code. There's a code, and all you Mandalorian people are looking at me. You're, you're identifying with this. That's right. The code. And whenever he wants to stay off course, he goes to his other people that are battling with him. And they say, this is the way. Where do they get that idea? I'll tell you why. Ecclesiastes says that God has written eternity on their hearts. Of course, there'll be a lot of false teachers. (laughs) A lot of deception. And that's why Jesus says, listen, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come to me. All you are heavy laden. I will give you what? Rest for your souls. Church, rejoice. This is the most wonderful time of the year. But you got to receive the terms. You got to come to him. You got to change the way you think. Because all of heaven is open for us. I believe that God wants to manifest his glory in your life. I don't know what you need to conquer. I don't know what financial challenge there is. I don't know what family challenge there is. But God wants to make you whole. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for mornings like this that we get to um, trust in you. We can identify with you because we know that uh, many of us, we've been... We haven't been putting our hope and our trust in you. We haven't been living with an open heaven. We've been struggling with doubt. We haven't been at rest and at peace. But the Bible says to come. Come to him. All of you who are heavy and laden. And I will give you rest. He's inviting you to come and sit with him. The Bible says, Behold, I'm standing at the door and knocking on your heart. Whoever opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. God is knocking on the door of your heart. But you got to receive him. You got to log in. You got to accept the terms. And the terms are this that he is God and you are not. You got to surrender him. You got to put your trust in him. Jesus conquered the grave, he overcame. Will you do that this morning? Will you put your hope and trust in him? Will you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, asking him to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness? Saying, God, I want to follow you. If you're here this morning and that's you, just lift your hand up. I want to pray with you. You want to say yes. You want to surrender your heart to God. You want to trust in him. Is there anyone here, maybe for the very, very first time, there's other of us in this, in this place that we, boy, we, we know the truth, but we haven't been living it out. We've been walking under all kinds of persecution, all kinds of fears and worries. But the Bible says to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to ask and to receive. In fact, I want to lead all of us in a prayer, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come to fill our hearts that we realize that, Jesus, you're the only one who satisfies. No longer will I turn to the things of the flesh of the world, but I will turn to you. Why don't we all say a simple prayer, asking Jesus to come into our hearts, inviting the Holy Spirit to have fellowship with us so that we can truly be a light, that we can declare the truth that's inside of us. So let's say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I thank you for coming on that Christmas morning To die on that cross. Jesus, I believe that you conquered death. I put my hope and trust in you. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for making a way. I love you, Jesus. Help me by your Holy Spirit to be a witness of your love and power in my life. Amen? Amen? Amen, amen. 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 Yeah, we can clap. (laughs) Amen, yes. You know, we're going to go ahead and and give to the Lord and um, we're also going to take communion all at the same time. It's going to be glorious. And I can't think of a... um, It's always good for us to be reminded. In fact, that's why we have communion, is to be reminded about who we are, to be reminded of why this is the best time of the year. And so I want to ask you to take the elements to hold them, and then we'll take them together. Amen? So let's worship the Lord. Father, I pray that you bless both giver and gift. In Jesus' name, amen.